You're listening to the Wellness Game Podcast. I'm Stephanie Game. I'm a holistic health practitioner who's been through chronic illness myself. I consider wellness to be a combination of foundational practices, detox, and rebuilding health. But there's always many moving parts to health in general. So a sense of curiosity and lightness definitely helps. Welcome to the Wellness Game. Welcome, Catherine. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is so fun. I'm so excited that you decided to do this. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I feel like I share a lot of um, posts that I see from you on Instagram and social media. I feel like you have just the best stuff about... um, all things, you know, tongue or tongue tie or um, restricted airway. And so I know that that's kind of your specialty. And um, I guess I wanted to give you the chance to kind of introduce yourself and talk about how you entered the world that you're in, you know? Yeah. Um, so my name is Catherine Kangas and um I, my training is, um, I'm a dental hygienist and I graduated in 2006. So a good while ago. (laughs) Um, and I, um, I was in private practice for, um, about five years. And then, um, I had some struggles with my neck and I ended up having neck surgeries and a couple other things. So I couldn't practice full time anymore. And I was in more of a um, kind of a sort of sales training implementation role. I worked with a couple different healthcare provider companies and, um, and worked with the dental laser manufacturer. And that's where I really got a lot more exposure to, um, tongue ties and tongue tie releases and, um, you know, but there was always something that was kind of like, I felt like was maybe missing. And, I feel like maybe this is a long story longer, but one of my very good friends who I went to school with, she was doing myofunctional therapy. She's kind of one of those pioneers that was doing it way before. She was like one of maybe two in Texas for the longest time. And I had been following her journey and I'm like, man, I want to do this. I want to do this. Had two babies. So it was like, when am I going to do that? And then, um, you know, when you're, um, you're a mama and your kids, um, are affected by something, it's like that changes you. And so, yeah. um, both of my kiddos had, um, various myofunctional disorders that were affecting sleep and eating. Um, and I finally just one day literally told my husband, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I hope that's okay. And he was like, yeah, go for it. Cause I've been talking about it for so long. Wow. And so, yeah, um, I, um, left my full-time job in 2020 and decided to do this full time. I had been dabbling for a while and really trying to figure out how to do both and it just wasn't working. So I just jumped in and, um, I love it so much. So, but I would imagine that a lot of people probably don't even know what myofunctional therapy is. 
Um, yeah, explain that. Give us, give us like your best, you know, layman's yeah. definition. So, um, what I am doing is really trying to optimize the function of the craniofacial respiratory complex as far as the muscle, muscle function, um, tone, um, control. Um, so all the muscles that have to do with the face and the tongue, um, you know, there, we, we talk a lot about like working out and exercising from really our neck down, but we don't talk much about our face and there's a lot of muscles here. And, mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> when we get those muscles working in harmony and uh, with a proper swallow, proper tongue posture, um, and a lip seal, um, and working on breathing through our nose, amazing things happen. And honestly, those are my four goals. No matter who I work with is, mm. um, tongue posture, swallowing lip seal <clears throat> and breathing through the nose. So, um, it's in a nutshell, it's kind of like physical therapy, but for your face, for your mouth. Mm. Yeah. So. That's a great way to describe it. I know, mm. um, I I've had the pleasure of being able to work with you and mm -hmm. things that I, thought would be easy for my mm. my mouth or my tongue to do are surprisingly not yeah no. it's you know it's habit like you realize oh I swallow this way yeah. or I use my tongue in this one certain pattern and um, getting it to try new things <laughs> and you know behave differently just feels like activating muscles that I didn't I didn't know were there you know so yeah, I think that's amazing yeah it can be a very foreign um, attempt to try to activate certain muscle groups in your face. Um, and I mean, we certainly didn't learn this stuff in dental hygiene school. I didn't know that there was really a proper tongue resting posture mm. and the effects that that has on sleep and breathing and just overall wellness and being able to thrive. Like there's just so such a strong connection to, um, to all of those things that we do day to day that I just, I don't, we never, never learned that. So that's why I feel so passionate about it is because I, I, I truly feel like, you know, everyone, um, could benefit. I mean, so, some maybe more than others, yeah. but, um, most of us don't learn this. Most of us don't learn no. how to swallow. Most of us don't learn, um, you know, our mom taught us to chew with our mouth closed because that's what because <laughs> that was polite manners <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> but it's not from a functional standpoint so yeah I know uh, last summer I read the book um breathe is it breathe or breath I breath I call it the wrong uh, by, breath, breath by James breath. Nestor yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it, it right rocked my world it yeah. rocked my world. I thought, wow, all of the yes, you have it right there. <laughs> of course do. you do. Uh -huh. And I remember that's kind of what sent me on the trail of investigating all of this. And um, when I first met with you, it was really for one of my kids. And then it was both of my kids. And then it was me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, all of us need to in my family, <laughs> all of us need to deal with this. Um, but just the like you're saying, the reach that being able to breathe correctly, I mean, plays into every aspect of your life, right? Totally. Yeah. And I, I, I am a huge fan of James Nestor and I love the book. Um, and for any of your listeners that are more of like an audio book mm. person, um, 
I love the audiobook too because he's the narrator and he has such a great storytelling voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah. I think it's a great one to listen to as well. But yeah, I, it's you know, um, it's kind of, it's fascinating and it's this rabbit hole that you start to go down. And um, for me, I haven't been able to stop. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you're far but, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think I, I we connect on so many levels what you do and what I do there's such a strong connection there because just tapping into that autonomic nervous system and shifting the body um there's so many of us that myself included um that have been stuck in this sympathetic fight or flight mode for so long and um it's so american like that mode is just how we're it's either that or sleep there's no in between i think culturally speaking right right and um you know from my from my world and the lens that i'm looking through a kid whether it's a kiddo or an adult if you're mouth breathing at night your all your body knows is that your respiratory rate is faster your breaths are shorter and so it's kicking you into that fight or flight. Mm. And um, your body is always doing its best to serve you in that current moment and yes. trying to restore homeostasis, right? So yes. it's going to shut down any other, any other processes that are not vital for survival. So digestion, you know, all these different th- hormone mm. release, all these different things that are supposed to be happening, you know, our brains washing and detoxifying itself and all those things that are happening at nighttime, those kind of shut down and it's just worrying, worrying about helping you breathe and survive. And so if we think about that night after night after night, you know, like that's exhausting even thinking about it. And so many people, children, adults are operating on that level every single day. Yes. Oh, I love that you're touching on fight or flight and how the body is perceiving mouth breathing as like Mm -hmm. a a hard, scary thing. And so it's diverting all its energy to focus on that rather than the Mm -hmm. restorative parts of sleep, which, oh my gosh, that's foundational to health. Sleep is so important. Yeah. And so, you know, like what you, you know, talking about digestion and optimizing um, hormone balancing and all those things that you like you're a whiz at I mean it there's such this um I don't know just this crossover that we yeah. have it's so cool and you know I unfortunately just getting a tongue tie release is not always right. it's not a magic bullet and a lot of people yes. just want that to be the one just do that and we're done <laughs> you yes. and I've talked about that but Unfortunately, usually there's some layers because this starts to wreak havoc on the body in different ways over time. And so, yeah, it's, you know, we we have to collaborate, I think, to help patients really get to their best um, self. Well, I mean, a tongue tie release. And for those of you who aren't super familiar with tongue tie, I think tongue tie is typically most um, commonly known in kind of like the infant world, right? Like if you have your baby at a hospital, um, a lactation consultant might check, you know, and say, oh, your baby's tongue tied. But it's really only if it's like a severe, severe tie that I think they really even catch it. So that's really just kind of the small 
realm in which I think people even know about tongue ties. And I know in my experience, I did have one of my children, um, she had her tongue tie revised and, um, you know, with a baby, there is no myofunctional therapy. It's just, you, you get that tie done, that revised, um, that revision, I guess, and, um, hope that it helps their nursing and their, you know, drinking, eating, but, uh, that's not really enough because, <laughs> Here, the same child, we're going to re rework, redo some myofunctional therapy because there's some swallowing and there's some speech and all these different things that they might not know how to use their newly released tongue. So mm -hmm. it's, I, I think of it, the idea of like, would you get surgery and not have physical therapy afterwards? No, like for right. sure. No. Right. Yeah. Um, so a couple things on that, um, actually a friend of mine, um, <clears throat> she was having, she tore ACL skiing um, Ugh, and painful. I was talking to her and she was like asking her if she's going to have surgery. She's like, yeah, but the surgeon wants me to go and have physical therapy for six weeks before I have surgery. So I've got to do that to strengthen my knee. I'm like, ah, that's it. See, that's the, it's the same thing. Yes. It doesn't matter what body part we're working on. Um, we need it. The more like strengthened and toned, that area is typically this more successful the surgery is the more um I think you know with pain threshold obviously I don't know about knees but you know what I mean like mm -hmm. in my world we see an overall better success rate but in regards to babies I'm glad you brought that up because um now versus even just five years ago I think there's so much more support around mamas um well, at least that's what our field is trying to push. Mm -hmm. um, and because there is a lot that needs to be done after that release happens. Um, you know, a lot of times moms need, we make sure that they're connected with a great IBCLC. Um, the, you know, the release provider, usually it's a pediatric dentist, um, a, a chiropractor that's, um, you know, very well versed in ties and, um, and works with pediatrics and babies and, and they know they can help, um, reduce and alleviate some of that tension throughout the body. Um, so it's a whole process and there, I don't work with babies, but there are some phenomenal providers out there that help with the stretches so that we can prevent reattachment, um, and optimize that motor function from an early, 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 um, you know, early on when before they're ever even days old, you know, but we can mm, still yeah. do some intraoral work and help them. Um, so if there's any moms that are going through this or I, I wouldn't just go and get the tie and then call it good. I mean, you do need a team around you and there are so many wonderful providers out there now that are there to support moms and parents, you know, not just moms, but dad, moms and dads through this process. So while I'm sitting here chatting with you, I'm almost always sipping my King coffee. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen me talk about it many times. This is organic, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee that has a therapeutic dose of reishi mushroom spores. So there's over 3,000 medical studies done on reishi and it's incredible healing benefits like immune support, anxiety, mood support, blood sugar balancing, hormones. 
Um, it can help leaky gut, it can help protect from EMFs, fight bacteria, pathogens, even candida. So there's just so many good things about this mushroom. And I choose to drink King Coffee because it's the only mushroom coffee that has the reishi spores, which are 80 times more potent than just the reishi mushroom body. I also like this coffee because it tastes like actual coffee. It's not like a mushroom soup flavor like other brands that I've tried before. So I love it. So delicious and has been so helpful on my own personal healing journey. If you'd like to learn more or order some for yourself, go to thewellnessgamegahm.com forward slash king coffee. What about, um, you're saying that, I know you don't work with babies, but um, what about people who maybe are new to the idea of even looking at airway restriction or myotherapy or tongue tie revision beyond, you know, infancy? Like what, what is kind of your bread and butter? What are the clients that you see? What's, is there an age range? Is there, you know, snoring? Like, is there a main complaint or issue that you deal with a lot? Yeah, so um, I really focus on age five and up. So um, I have worked with a, a couple four-year-olds, um, but I find that the little the little ones from that one to three-ish range, a lot of times they actually need a lot of help in the feeding area as well. And so um, there are amazing speech language pathologists that are um, fantastic feeding therapists and they're also trained in myofunctional therapy. So they can kind of in incorporate all of that into um, work with a kiddo. And I would, they would be much better served <laughs> with that expertise than mine. Um, so I work mainly with five and up. My oldest patient right now is 69. Wow. Which is amazing. Yes. Um, you're never too old to, um, in my opinion, to um, improve your health. And um, so I see, um, you know, with adults, definitely snoring, obstructive sleep apnea. Um, uh, there's, you know, I see a lot of patients with um, TMJ, TMD, mm. oh, um, yeah. temporomandibular disorder. Um, uh, chronic neck pain and um, shoulder pain. Um, a lot of times, um, I like you just said, a lot of times I'm working with the child and the parents are like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and they start, like the lights switch kind of starts to go off and they're like, but I have this and I'm dealing yes. with this and I don't sleep well. And I end up working with the whole family. It happens a lot. And, um, which I think is great because then everybody's kind of like you guys, you know, everyone's mm -hmm. kind of working on the same things and it's yes. not just the kiddo that's singled out. Like everyone's working on the same goals and it tends to help with compliance and everything, but, Oh, sure. Um, yeah. With kids, with children, um, I see so many sleepy kids. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, you know, I see kids that come in and they're falling asleep just sitting in the waiting room for literally 60 seconds while waiting for me to get them. Oh. Um, uh, so I see a lot of children that um, just aren't getting quality sleep. 
And it's not always obvious because as parents, we don't go into their rooms like we do when they're, when they're infants and check on them and they're asleep, you know, they're in there, they're asleep, we think, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Yeah. And, but what's happening at nighttime? So if you're a parent and you um, are just curious how well your child is sleeping, what I always recommend is just take your phone and go in and record them breathing. Um, it, you don't have to have a camera on or anything. Just record them, listen to them breathing. And it's sometimes kind of shocking what you hear. It's um, they're have a lot of heavy breathing. They're all over the place. If they're doing 360s in the bed, super sweaty, yes. having nightmares or night terrors, sleepwalking, um, bedwetting at an age that... Um, is not typical for bedwetting is a, a very, Oh, I didn't realize that connection. Interesting. Yeah. Um, that's a big one. And obviously that's a sensitive one too, right? Like sure. you don't want to embarrass the kiddo and, um, and, but it, it doesn't seem like there is a correlation, but when you start putting it all together, parents are like, Oh my gosh. So, um, there's usually some level of sleep disordered breathing happening there. And you know, like, underdeveloped jaws we're really trying to make sure that we have plenty of space for that tongue to go so that's a lot of the the collaboration that happens with kiddos I think it's really interesting um if a kid is mouth breathing or snoring or you know basically sleeping with their mouth open and having a restricted airway um in some in some way that you can kind of find um I think the connection between, hey, what, why is their airway so small? Because <laughs> I know that's something you and I have talked about is like, which comes first, chicken or the egg? Is the airway too small? And so their tongue is just like flopping around and their mouth breathing? Or is it kind of the other way around? You know, I think that can be confusing when you're kind of just stepping into this world of mm. sleep disorder breathing. Totally. And, and there's not always, it's not always... <laughs> a single answer. <laughs> sure. Um, sometimes it's a child that's born with a tongue tie. Um, and so from birth, their tongue is low. And um, so that affects the way their jaws develop, right? Um, yeah. And so because the tongue more- is a muscle, right? When it's the tongue is up where it's supposed to be, which spoiler alert is not the bottom of the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's up top uh-huh. um, and it's supposed to have a good seal and be in all the right, you know, be in the right place. Um, yeah. That strong muscle really helps to shape that palate, right? Absolutely. From day one, we want that tongue up and it's such a beautiful thing that happens when the tongue is up, those jaws grow wide and forward um, when the lips are strong, it's like this wonderful ret- natural retainer that happens, mm. you, you know? Um, so yes, the tongue is so important as far as its position. So with babies, you can, um, I know we're on a podcast, so you probably can't see me, but you can <laughs> take the thumb underneath the chin here and you can just gently press up. And it helps to push that tongue up into the roof of the mouth. It's so cool. Oh, mm-hmm. that's really um, neat. Yeah. Or if you're if if you're a parent, you have a little one when they're sleeping, you can just gently open their 
open their jaw just a little bit, pull down their chin, and you can see where their tongue is. And a lot of times it's suctioned up into the roof of their mouth, and it's the cutest thing. (laughs) (laughs) So... Those yeah, the celebrate. whole babies sleeping with their mouths open is like, oh, no, 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 I I was, I think I learned that from you. You know, we think it's so cute. Oh, look, their little mouth is hanging open. And it's like, oh, actually, that's no, that's not going to be great sleep when they're sleeping that way. Help them close their little mouth and uh, hopefully get that tongue up where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, add that to the long list of things I wish I would have known when I first had a baby, because I didn't know a lot of those things, but, um, oh, yeah, me neither, you know, um, but it, it's true. And, um, you can go back and look, I think James Nestor talks about it in the book in the Brett and breath. It's one of the books I've read too many, but, um, <laughs> where, um, you know, our ancestors like pre-industrial revolution, um, the yes. moms would close the baby's lips um, and when they were sleeping, cause they knew that how dangerous that was, um, if they let them stay open. And so way back, I mean, There's so much ancient of, wisdom that I we know, just fell out of tune with, I think. I know. Um, so, I mean, how brilliant they, yes. they knew, um, how dangerous that was for health. And obviously they don't have like CPAPs and all those things. So yeah. they had to figure that out. Yeah. Speaking of CPAPs, um, that's something that in my family and in my side of the family um, is just pretty common, like just crazy loud snoring, just needing a CPAP and that just being kind of the norm. And I think it was you who taught me that it's really, I mean, it's kind of a Band-Aid, like that's not addressing the root cause. You know, I'm all about (laughs) root cause Um, and a Band-Aid can be helpful in an interim but if you're not addressing the root cause of why is this person choking in their sleep all night and not breathing correctly, um, you're, you're not, you're not solving the issue. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, you know, arguably if, uh, and then I don't know, depending on who you ask, but I will say that most in my field in the field of airway health would, would say that there's a massive, silent sleep epidemic happening right now. Mm. Um, There's so many adults that are um, struggling with some level of sleep disorder breathing. Um, They have sleep apnea undiagnosed. um, And that is, um, that's a dangerous situation. You know, Um, you're not breathing at night. Yeah. um, The detriments to health is huge. Um, but, you know, there's many that do seek out help. They know they're not sleeping great. And I'm not against CPAPs because I think they are vital for certain people. Um, and it's it's a safety issue. And we have to make sure that that airway is open. But, again, I'm with you. I'm very root cause. And it's like, well, okay, I need this. But why is this happening? Like, what's going on? How can I... My goal isn't necessarily to get somebody off of a CPAP if they're if they have sleep apnea and they're using a CPAP, but my goal is to help optimize the function and open up that airway as best as possible, so that um, even with their CPAP, they're getting the best rest and um, we are greatly reducing those apnea events that are occurring at nighttime. There are some that are able to you know, 
no longer need their, um, their CPAP, but sometimes that comes with like a pretty invasive treatment plan Mm. process where you're having jaw surgery and because the airway is so limited. So Mm. it's just really patient dependent, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not a fan of just like handing out CPAPs and kind of sending people on their way. Uh, You know, I want to be able to support them from a functional standpoint too, if we can. So I, you know, you, I think you directed me to the book called Sleep Wrecked Kids and kind of circling back to what you were saying about um, kids falling asleep as they're in their waiting room waiting to even be seen. I know that a lot of times with kids, you can see things like mood issues, behavioral issues, even sometimes ADHD because, you know, they're tapping or wiggling or squirming to keep themselves awake because they are so tired because they're breathing so poorly in their sleep. Um, So not that that's obvious, but I guess I'm curious what you would say would be symptoms an adult would look for. I mean, what would, what, what, what are some signs that like a listener could be like, let me, let me think about this. Like, let me kind of screen myself. Are there any of these things, things that check for me? And so as far as kids go, you know, I, I'm careful when I say like ADHD, like symptoms and things, because some people get, um, no, but, but I will say that I do see, um, I'm surprised at how many kids that I see that parents are contemplating going on ADHD medications for their kid and they're having such a hard time because they don't want to do that. They don't want to put their child, which I understand, but they're also like, what do I do? I need to help my, my kiddo. It's a tough place to be in. And so we do, I see both ends of the spectrum. Like they're either so tired, their little bodies, they can't even keep their eyes open or they literally just can't sit still. They're, they're all over. And it's a lot of times, sometimes I shouldn't say a lot, but many times it's because they're not getting that quality sleep. And so if they sit still, they're going to fall asleep. So they're just constantly moving. Um, and, um, we see amazing improvement with some of these kids. I'm not saying that ADHD doesn't exist, but with, with kids, when it, when it is related to sleep, we see fantastic improvement by opening up, like giving, doing some expansion, um, getting that tongue in the right spot, helping them nasal breathe. It's like a different kid. And I can say that because that's my oldest. Mm. Um, and, but for, for adults, you know, if you are, if you're not waking up and feeling rested in the morning and ready to go, um, there's something going on there, (laughs) you know, like just most, and I'm this person, like if you would have asked me years ago, if I was getting good sleep at night, I'm like, yeah, well, sure. But when you do actually get a good night's sleep and you're like, Oh, (laughs) that's what that's (laughs) supposed to feel like. And you feel ready to go for the morning. Think about it with our children. If they're sleeping well, they sleep like, you know, 10, 12 hours a night and they're up and they are ready. You better, you better have your A game because they're ready to go. You know, Um, that's how we should feel too. Uh, It doesn't matter if we're 10 or if we are 35, you know, we should feel ready to go. We just had a full night's sleep. Um, So that's, that's a big one. And if you're waking up a lot at nighttime, um, 
if you feel like you toss and turn, if you feel like you're getting up to go to the restroom a lot. Yes, um, I, I, this was a big flag for me because, you know, all the, all the bladder stuff that I have dealt with personally and I deal with, with, you know, my specific kind of interstitial cystitis or chronic UTI um, clients, you know, that night waking to pee, that connection that sometimes that's a sleep apnea symptom. Sometimes that's you not being able to breathe in your sleep and your brain is telling your kidneys, hey, make this person pee to wake them up. They're not yes. breathing. That's yes. crazy. That's yeah. so amazing. The body helps us and loves us and, and is so our much. ally, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, so so that's why we see bedwetting with kids. That's, okay. that's what the same action there. Wow. Um, yeah. If you're crashing around two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon and you're just, you know, going for that caffeine shot or whatever, you know, whatever it yes. is. I mean, that's a, that's a telltale sign mm. um, that there's something going on. Um, like you said, in America, we're just all go, 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 go. And um, there is so much to getting your body into that circadian rhythm and going, being in a, a night, have a nice habitual routine at nighttime yeah. where you're going to bed at the, around the same time. Yeah. You're shutting off the phones and the computers. You're not yes. looking at blue light. Um, and you know, I'm one of my kind of, I don't like resolutions, but something I'm trying to focus on more this year is like something you're working on. Yeah. <laughs> is just getting up with the sun. And yes. I want to be better at that. And, um, I think there's, um, a lot to be said that helps our bodies just kind of wake up. And yes. so, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, we are a world where we're stuck in front of a screen all the time and yeah. melatonin release and all these different mm-hmm. things, you know? Yes. So you probably know more about that than me. No, but. you're speaking my language. I love it. Yes. Well, so as far as just like feeling like you're not rested or maybe feeling fatigue or that kind of 2 p.m. energy slump and kind of investigating your sleep. Um, if you have a spouse, mm-hmm. <laughs> that also, um, my husband has snored for years and years, but I didn't really believe him when he was like, oh, you snore too. No, I don't. Um, until he recorded me a couple times and I was appalled mm-hmm. <laughs> to hear mm-hmm. that it wasn't just like a cute little like, Snore. It was like, you right. know, saw right. logs. And I thought, oh, man, this is horrifying and also explains so much. Um, I'd be interested to see the link, too, um, with adrenal function and, you know, sleep apnea. I bet those are tied together, you know. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it has a lot to do with that fight or, fl- fight or flight, yes. right? The sympathetic. Yeah. Um, yeah, there has to, I would, I don't know, you know, like, yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of dig into. I'm sure someone needs to make a study on that. That would be amazing. Yeah. I, you know, and, and two, if you're an adult that's waking up with a super dry mouth, yes. If you have to always have water by your bed, um, because your mouth is always dry, that's because you're breathing with your mouth open at Mm. night. Um, and what about nasal congestion? You know how sometimes you wake up and you're stuffy Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if you're stuffy, you can't breathe through your nose well, so that mouth is going to pop open. Um, 
Well, I I mean, like you, I think you were the one who taught me that sometimes when you're mouth breathing, it can even just create congestion. Whereas if your tongue were up where it needs to be and your lips sealed and you were breathing through your nose the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, what I teach my kids that I work with a lot is like, uh, and adults too, like we don't talk about this enough, or at least in my opinion, we don't, but our nose is our, is our, is our filter for the body. It, um, when we breathe through our nose, it's warming and humidifying that air. Um, you know, all those little tiny hairs are going to work. If there's any pathogens coming in, um, it's triggering that immune system. So even if we are affected by certain allergies, um, we live in Houston, Lordy. I mean, everybody's got allergies, especially right, right now. now. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're, body you're giving your body a better chance of being able to um fight off those um symptoms fight off that pathogen that's coming in right um it's filtering the air if you're breathing through your mouth and by the way there's some people that go well my mouth my lips are i kind of giggle at this to myself my lips are like kind of just this much apart but i'm still breathing through my nose i hate to say it but that's not the case Um, there's no filter when we're breathing through the mouth. And so whatever's coming in, you know, your body is just probably going to get hit harder with, Mm. um, whatever that is. So, you know, there's viruses, whatever floating around, let's breathe through our nose, breathe through your nose and you are going to get your, give your body so much better of a chance. And yeah, if you're snotty and congested and you're breathing through your mouth, then your body is automatically producing more mucus. So it's this ugly cycle that we get in and it's like, we have to break that cycle. Yes. Um, There is an amazing stat and I'm sitting here trying to think of it. It was a study and I'm, so it takes like, when you breathe through your nose, it takes like 15 minutes for your body to, um, like clear whatever it is that's coming in. If you're breathing oh. through the mouth, it tastes like takes like six days or something. I, oh wow! Yeah, don't quote. I mean, it's something. It's terrible. I should remember that, but um, it's something along those lines. Um, it's that drastic of a, a a difference, and it's like it's that's massive. That's huge. You know. Yeah. So. There's another study that I love, um, and they talk about the effects, and it's recent. It's like within the last year, I think. They talk about the effects of um, mouth breathing and what that does to, like, your overall health and wellness and your immune system, different factors. But essentially, they graded it. So um, they mild, moderate, severe, um, and they looked at, the percentage of time that you would mouth breathe to have to fall into that mild, moderate, or severe, okay? And if you, will take a guess, what do you think would be severe? Like, to have severe effects, like, what would the percentage be? I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm just going to throw a guess out there. What, five hours? Well, like, so percentage of the day, like, so. Oh, percentage 50, of the day. Yeah, 50%, 75%. Sure, like, 50. I honestly, I, I was 50. thinking like 50, 60%. It's 35%. All you, wow. you, you are breathing out of your mouth 35% of the day. That is, has severe effects on your wow. overall health. Um, 
so I just thought I was kind of blown away by that. I didn't, that number was low to me, but that shows you, you know, what can happen. And, and that's what happened with James and the, you know, in this book, Breath and his journey and what he talked about. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating how he makes himself the guinea pig and just mouth breathes and sees what happens. And it basically put his health in the trash. I mean, it really, really messed him up like a big deal. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So I'm, I'm thinking symptoms, symptoms, people, we talked about that. So what is the first step that you would recommend to somebody? They've just like, let's say it's, I approach you and I say, Hey, I just realized my husband recorded me snoring. I'm super tired. I think there's something going on with my airways. What do I do? D is, is the best thing for them to make an appointment with a um, functional myotherapist, see a dentist? I mean, like what's kind of the order of operations, so to speak? Yeah. Um, you can certainly t start with finding, um, a malfunctional therapist in your area. Um, they oftentimes, um, are kind of like the quarterback. Um, so okay. based on like what I see, um, I, I can refer you to an orthodontist who's airway focused that we may need more space. Right. Or, if I'm suspecting that sleep apnea is a, a possibility and it's not been diagnosed, we haven't had like a, a real sleep study, I may send you to a sleep physician. Um, um, or if I suspect that there is a tongue tie present or some type of tethered oral tissue, oral restriction, I'll likely refer you to a dentist who is highly focused, airway focused, trained in, in tethered oral tissues. Um, so oftentimes, and this isn't like marketing for myself, but oftentimes a myofunctional therapist or there's, you can also find the, the term um, um, oral facial myologist, similar, same. Um, that's a good place to start. Or if you can find an airway focused dentist in your, um, in your city, that's a good place to go. Um, there's some great resources. Um, if, if anyone needs some guidance on where to go and who to see the breathe Institute, um, they have, um, on their website, uh, under their ambassador tab, um, all of those doctors, myofunctional therapists, um, that have, um, trained with them. And I mean, which you I'm, have done yeah, plug for I mean, you. I'm, I'm you just partial, you, yes. I'm partial to the Breathe Institute, but, uh, but truly, honestly, like those, those doctors to me are, are doing their due diligence to really know what they're doing in this field. Um, they, they really take education seriously. Um, so that would be a good place to start. Or there's also another resource called the airway circle and it's airwaycircle.com. Um, and that is um, a slew of different um, airway-focused providers, anywhere from um, like myofunctional therapists like me, dentists, um, body professionals like chiropractors who understand um, tongue ties, physical therapists, cranial sacral therapists. Like, there's so many people, different modalities on that website. That um, it's a great resource. 
and it's growing so much. So it's great. We have somewhere to send people now. Well, I know you have been so helpful and valuable and just being like a connector for me, you know, it, connecting me to here's a great airway orthodontist or here's the dentist that does adult tongue ties really well. And here's one who does, you know, pediatric tongue tie revisions really well. And here just directing me to people to do body work and chiropractor work and that sort of thing that has been invaluable to me because, oh, my gosh, how do you vet that's so many different people that you really need on your team? And vetting them and trying to figure out exactly, are y'all on the same page? Are we speaking the same language? Do you have the same goals in mind? Um, that that can be really intimidating for me. And honestly, that can even prevent me from moving forward with any momentum when I'm like, Ugh, I don't know who, I don't know who the best, you know, revision specialist would be. So I love that you are so well connected in that. And um, you can play the part of quarterback, like you were saying. Um, that's so valuable. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate you helpful. saying that I, um, that's a big part of what I do is um, network and try to collaborate and get to know who is in my city. It's a big commitment to go through some of these processes. You know that like, body work like it's not it's not easy and a lot of what I do think thankfully I can do a lot of what I do virtually but not everyone has that ability with whatever their specialty is and so um but and you I do will, you do you yeah. work with people virtually who aren't yeah. local you do yeah. okay well yeah I typically stay within the state of Texas but okay. um yes and you know I have to say like the providers in this airway health field, it's like nothing I've ever experienced. The collaboration is so cool. Like, like you were saying, like, you want to know that like your providers are kind of talking behind the scenes and everyone's on the same page. So when you go into the office, it's not like you're having to re-explain what you talked about with me. Like, it's so cool the the type of um, close knit that we have. Um, and I think the patient is who benefits from that the most. Um, and as a patient, For sure, myself, everyone being on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Patient myself. I, I value that. Like I've been through a lot of different like neck surgery. Like you want to know that like everybody is there to care for you. And yeah. so I think that's really cool too. So that's why I like, um, I love the providers that are here in Houston. Cause we're all just like rallying behind the patients that we're serving. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I do want you to share um, where people can find you, you know, on the on the interwebs, on the World Wide Web. Where can people find you if they want to reach yes. out to you yeah. for a consult or just check out your website? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So my website is um, integrativemyohouston.com. Um, and on Instagram, it's integrative underscore Mayo, um, is our handle. And, um, we do have a, a Facebook page well as well. It's just integrative Mayo. Um, but I wanted to just mention this too. We, I do also have a colleague, um, her name is Stephanie Shackelford. She is also a dental hygienist and uh, myofunctional therapist. She's based in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, 
And so um, we kind of work together in the state of Texas. So if there's anybody in that area, she's also an awesome resource and knows a lot of people in DFW. So (laughs) yeah, so great. Awesome. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for letting me ask you a hundred questions and kind of nerd out to all things. This was was great. I know. Thank you. I mean, I I could talk about this forever. I'm sure people are like, No, this is so great. And I hope you can direct (laughs) um, people, you know, to this episode and I'll be direct, you know, anytime I have people who are asking about sleep, this is like the unsung thing that I want to be able to suggest like, Oh, you you know, the bedtime routine isn't working for you. The, you know, my, my tips and tricks that I know, okay, Mm -hmm. here's, here's kind of the next phase that you need to um, kind of move into exploring, you know? Absolutely. And vice versa. I mean, I, I have a lot of, like we've talked about, I work with a lot of people that need some, need some assistance like I do. You're helping me personally um, getting that gut in check and just figuring out on a deeper level what's going on. Um, and so, yes, I'm just so me glad too. we were able to connect on a professional level and, you know, yes, personal level. Yes, it has it's been. been. so fun. So Thanks so much, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast is for educational purposes only. The content expressed is not to be taken as medical advice. Please consult your own health practitioner.